0: It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a magic marker. A, a felt pen. It's a mistake. It's a drama! It's a fucking comedy. It's quiet. Maybe too
1: quiet. It's all happening.
0: It's a good day to die.
1: It's a good day to talk about movies. Welcome back. It is a good day to talk about Oscar nominations. I am your host Duncan. Joining me, as always, is Gardner. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And unfortunately, Tarn is missing today because, as you heard, today's bonus episode is going to be on the 2022 Oscar nominations and us discussing what we thought of them and what the biggest snubs were. And if you listened to the top five episode that we did last week, you may know that Tarn has his own taste in movies and maybe not a lot of them line up with the Oscars. So it actually turns out that he's seen almost zero Oscar nominated movies. So he decided to sit this one out. It's going to be just me and Gardner today. Should be fun. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this. I I haven't, honestly, I've like looked at the list
0: and um, I've seen more than Taran, but not like a whole lot. Uh, I don't really have anything that's like jumping on my mind as snubs, but maybe Duncan, when you start talking, we'll we'll get that rolling.
1: Yeah, and for the listeners, it's going to be a pretty quick episode. We're trying to run through this pretty quickly, so don't expect the most in-depth thing, but it'll be fun either way. So a quick reminder, on this podcast, we talk about movies we love and interview independent filmmakers. Every Friday, we release a full episode with a guest, and we're doing bonus episodes on either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on the week. In this week's full episode, we are joined by special guest Andrew F. Pierce to talk about his choice of film, Call Connect. That film is available to watch on YouTube, so make sure you check it out before Friday. Now that that's out of the way, Gardner, do you have anything to add before we jump into the nominations? No, but uh, I'm excited to jump into them. Awesome, so let's do it. We're gonna start off with Best Picture. And what I'm gonna do is read the list of nominees and then we can quickly go through them one by one and we'll see what we think of them. So here's your list of films nominated for Best Picture at the 2022 Oscars. We have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So first off is Belfast. If you've listened to our top five episode, you know that I had that in my top five. So I'm definitely happy with it being nominated for Best Picture.
0: Yeah, I've not not seen that one, but you seemed pretty excited about it. And uh, so I trust your opinion. I guess it it belongs to be there. I can't really speak on that one, really.
1: Cool. The next one I think will be a little bit more, we'll, we'll get a little more in depth on, is Coda, which is on Apple TV, if you have that. And I will say that I actually watched it this week for the first time, and was absolutely blown away by it. It wasn't something that I would say is up my alley when you talk about what it's about, but the storytelling, just chef's kiss. I loved it. I
0: totally agree. I watched it today, and uh, like you said, I was blown away by it. I think it's it's one of those films, and I'll say this about Nightmare Alley too, where uh, it's kind of predictable. Like You can see where it's going, but that doesn't necessarily make it bad, right? Like some of my favorite movies have like re- pretty predictable stories. What it comes down to is the execution and the fact that you, you build up to that logical ending throughout and just everything around it. I mean, Coda in particular, the performances were fantastic. Uh, the score, the pacing, um, and we've got to give a shout out to uh, our best supporting actor nominated Troy. I uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Troy Kotzer. Kutsur? I don't know, but he played the dad in Coda, and he was just fantastic. Um, I don't have any um, deaf friends or family, so I can't, like, I can imagine if you do and you're watching this, it was, uh, that's like an extra layer on it. Because I've never seen, outside of that one Master of None episode where they do, like, uh, a whole section devoted to the, the deaf couple, I haven't seen this kind of representation for, for deaf folks in like a major motion picture so that was pretty it was just uh it was just really unique and just everything about it was really well executed
1: yeah we'll definitely have more to say about this film later on next up though is don't look up and i think we might have a little bit of differing opinions on this but i'll go first i'm thinking that it shouldn't be nominated for best picture in my opinion i didn't love it i didn't hate it as much as i've seen other people hate it online but i thought it was fine funny at moments but certainly for me not a best picture nominee, like not that good.
0: No, I totally agree. I actually like quite enjoyed it. Uh, I laughed a lot. I thought the performances were all pretty solid. Uh, It's a McKay film, so the pacing is weird and the editing can be kind of jarring, but that's just kind of his style. You know, either you like it or you don't. And Vice is one of my favorite movies. So it worked for me, but I agree. I mean, it's like probably the least subtle satire I've ever seen in my life. And uh, it's, it's a little sloppy. Uh, just kind of all over the place. I think McKay maybe relies a little bit too much on improvisation. And yeah, it just doesn't feel like it's nearly the same caliber as the other films that got nominated this year.
1: So next up is Drive My Car. I know I haven't gotten a chance to see this yet, but I've heard good things. Gardner, you're shaking your head. It looks like you haven't seen it either. So we'll say that we can't really comment on it, but we have heard good things and it sounds like it deserves to be nominated. So we'll move on to the next picture. Next up is Dune, which I know we did, both see, actually. So this was my most anticipated movie of 2021. I read the book and I got really excited for it. And Denis Villeneuve is one of my favorite filmmakers right now. I mean, pretty much everything he's made, I, I think, is, is amazing. Um, to different levels, Arrivals one of my favorite films ever. So is Prisoners. Just phenomenal filmmaking all around from him. So I'm always excited for what he has next. And then when it was announced that he was doing Dune, I was like, no fucking way. Definitely all in for this. And I thought it was... Phenomenal. Really excited for the next one. Definitely deserving of its nomination, in my opinion.
0: I think it's a triumph as far as adaptations go. I mean, obviously, that book is so hard to adapt. There are so many like intricate details that just can't be conveyed visually. So I think the way that they did actually end up adapting that was really masterful. I will say for me, it feels and this is this is completely unavoidable, so it's kind of unfair for me to talk about it, but it doesn't feel like a complete story, which it isn't. It's the first two-thirds of the book. So for me, I feel like this will be even more enjoyable when I get to watch it back to back with part two.
1: Very true. So next up is King Richard, which I didn't get the chance to see, and neither did Gardner. I will say just quickly that it's not really up my alley, that kind of thing. I'm not big into biopics, and I'm definitely not big into sports biopics. And I'm not complaining about the film they made because it's not my film. I didn't make it, but I would definitely have been more intrigued if it was about the actual sisters and not the father. I understand that there is a lot of interesting things that went on there and he's an interesting character himself. And I'm sure that Will Smith knocked it out of the park, but just not up my alley. I was like, there's too many other films that I want to see. Not going to that one. So I skipped that one On to the next one, which we have mentioned on this podcast many times before, Licorice Pizza by Paul Thomas Anderson, which I thought was pretty good. Did not think it was as good as some of his other films, but that's not saying anything bad about Licorice Pizza. I think Dave mentioned it, that it's either good or great when we had him on this podcast, and that's just 100% right. I mean, he either makes a film that's really good, or he makes a film that's like, holy shit, that film's phenomenal. So, when you have a filmmaker like that, you gotta just appreciate him and see all his movies. And definitely, definitely, definitely should be nominated for Best Picture. I don't know if I think it should win, but I definitely think it should be nominated.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but it's tough when you've got a filmmaker like PTA, like, you know, he's already set the bar so high for himself. You know, you can't really knock him if this picture isn't as good as, you know, some other ones he's made before, because, you know, he's just making the best movie that he can, and he just happened to make some really fantastic movies before this one. So if it's still good, then I think we're all winning. I cannot wait to see it.
1: Next up is Nightmare Alley, which you mentioned Gardner. I saw this one in theaters. I thought it was pretty good. We obviously have mentioned, again, we're, we're going to throw it back to Dave with the GDT. We got to appreciate him on this podcast because we share the initials, obviously. But again, I'll say not my favorite from him and not one that I was that enthralled with. I've seen a lot more glowing reviews than how I felt about it. But I wasn't, again, not not saying it's a bad film at all. not saying I didn't enjoy it. But I think that he's got more in the tank than that sometimes, I think. And There's certain aspects of it that are great for sure. And I enjoyed it a little long. It is a little long. It does drag a little bit in the second act,
0: but I was just so taken in by Guillermo del Toro's style and world building is just almost unparalleled. The attention to detail that he pays to, and obviously this has to do with the fantastic uh, set designers and costume designers and art directors that he hires. It just feels so authentic the worlds that he creates in his his films and i mean yeah this was no pan's labyrinth but i really enjoyed it and like i said earlier when i was talking about coda like you get where it's going very early on in the film but it's the ride that is so enjoyable and the cast was great i thought i didn't really think there was a bad performance among them and um this is definitely one i think will be like a like a friday night rewatch Kind of movie for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I again, I'm I am don't know if it's, you know, best picture winning good,
1: but it is a really solid flick. And we have to talk really quickly about the cast of that film is amazing. So that's got a lot to do with it, too, I think. I mean, just knocks it out of the park, everyone. So definitely a, a big aspect of that film, in my opinion.
0: I had no idea Willem Dafoe was in it when I uh, booted it up on HBO. So that was happy to see. I love my boy Willem. And, uh, you know, of course, Rooney Mara, Bradley Cooper, Tony Collette, Kate Blanchett. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you can't go wrong. Like, even if, uh, like, a, a period piece movies aren't your thing or you're not interested in the circus, like, they are so, each person is so magnetic on screen. You just can't help but get sucked into the story. I thought Bradley Cooper did a fantastic job. It really, like, that might be the best performance I've seen from him.
1: Next up, we have The Power of the Dog, And if you're a betting man, this is a little tease that I'm going to do at the end, but this is actually the odds on favorite at minus two fifty to win best picture. And this is by Jane Campion. So I like this movie a lot. I think that probably aspects of it that blew other people away went over my head a little bit. I thought it was, it was a good movie. I think it should be nominated for best picture. I don't know if I think it should be the odds on favorite, or I don't know if I'm getting everything out of it that other people are getting out of it. So it's definitely something I need to rewatch. I thought the story was great. I thought. The ending was great, good film, all around deserving of its place here, I think, but I'm just a little bit surprised that it's so favorited to be the best picture.
0: It doesn't surprise me that much. I mean, you've got uh, uh, Jane Campion at the helm. You got a powerhouse performance from Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought Jesse Plemons was fine. I don't really see why he's nominated for best supporting actor. I didn't think he was like that great. I think if anything, it should have been, uh, and I wish I knew the actor's name. Who plays, are you going to tell me?
1: Cody Smith-McPhee.
0: Yeah. Is, is he nominated? If he's not, he's... Sh- he's also nominated. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I think he he deserves that over Jesse Plemons. He, he was fantastic. Couldn't take my eyes off him on screen. Just such a great... I mean, my particular favorite scene is when he walks through the camp and all the guys are howling and whistling at him and making fun of him. And then he, he walks back and he just never changes his posture. Just head held high. And they're silent when he walks back. I think there's a lot of thematic richness in this film. It's one of those movies that kind of like begs a, a rewatch. Although I will say Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, accent is kind of shifty at times. I thought it was good, but there's points where like it's a little inconsistent. Uh, but I'm just always critical of people's Southern accents in movies. But yeah, I can definitely see why this is
1: like the favorite. So the last one on the list is West Side Story by Steven Spielberg which I personally think, if you, again, if you're a betting man, is a good choice. If you want to go for a, a one that's not a favorite, I think there's good money value there in potentially him getting best director or best picture. So I haven't seen this yet. I've seen the first part of it, and I can see why people are blown away by it, for sure. I think he's probably done it again, is what my inkling is. And Gardner, you are looking like you haven't seen it as well. So we are going to say that we've heard good things. We need to see it and we're going to move on from that, I'm gonna quickly run through what the betting odds are for Best Picture. So we have Power of the Dog at minus 250, Belfast at plus 350, West Side Story at plus 600, Licorice Pizza at plus 1500, Dune at plus 16, Drive My Car at plus 20, King Richard at plus 22, Coda at plus 25, Don't Look Up at plus 40, and Nightmare Alley at plus 5,000. So there you go. If you want some value, pick one of those longer shots and uh, good luck. Next up, we do have best director for this. We have five nominees and I will tell you who those are right now. First up, we have Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Again, I've said that I really like this film. It's a little bit, it's a little bit divisive, I think, on what people think about it, how they feel about the directing and just the storytelling, I guess, in general. We've had some critique of the black and white. Again by Dave on a previous episode, and yeah, I really can't say anything else. I think it's good. I love loved the film. I don't know if I don't know if he deserves best director because obviously everyone who was nominated for best director also had their film nominated for best picture. So it's like five of the ten basically get nominated for best director as well. And it's like, well, did someone else maybe deserve that, or was someone who didn't get nominated for best picture deserving of best director or not? So that's my thoughts on it, Gardner. We've already said that you haven't seen it, so. I'm not going to ask you to just say he doesn't deserve it, or if he does, it doesn't seem fair. So next up is Drive My Car by, I really am going to try to pronounce this correctly, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, and I apologize if I didn't, but again, we haven't seen it. We're going to say that probably deserving of this, I think. Next up is Licorice Pizza. I definitely think deserving of it. I can't see how you would leave him off the list if you're going through them and saying, we had to take five of these best pictures off the best director. I don't think he can knock him off. So I think easy call here that he deserves the, the nod. He's not going to get it, I don't think. But we've already mentioned that Gardner hasn't seen it. On to the next one, which we have talked about at length, the power of the dog, Jane Campion. Here is where the real odds on favorite is. I'm going to confirm it, but I saw it at minus 700 earlier on. Damn. Damn. They are really sure that she's going to win. Honestly, I could see it. I could see
0: it. I could see it taking both. I could see it taking Best uh, best Picture and Best Director. It just feels like one of those movies. Like, not exactly like Oscar bait. I think if you were going to call any of these movies Oscar bait, it'd probably be Coda. But, you know, again, it it also just kind of like feels like one of the movies that the Academy would love.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually seeing it at minus 800 now. So it's almost like they know something.
0: Yeah, we got some inside information. Someone, someone over there has got a, a line on the Academy voters.
1: And finally we have Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, which I mentioned earlier, I think again is a good bet. Maybe if you want some value, he's plus eight fifty, throw a little bit on there. You never know. I think the Academy likes to give it to people they like. You know, you never know. We everyone expected it to go to Bozeman last year and they gave it to Hopkins. So I think that they've got their guys. And they like to give awards to the the guys that they give awards to. And sometimes the girls that they, they, they like to give awards to. They're they're starting to to pick out some female directors that they're liking to give out awards to it's it's changing but uh mostly they have their guys that's why i'm thinking there might be a shot at at campion taking it oh totally i mean that's definitely where that's the the best bet if you had just even money on everything but when it's minus 800 it's like well i'm not gonna throw 80 bucks down to win 10 or 800 to win 100 it doesn't seem worth it so that does conclude the best director segment
0: can i can i can i shout out a snub real
1: quick or are we doing that later oh yeah Yeah, yeah. I was going to think about doing snubs at the end, but we can absolutely shout out a snub as we go.
0: I want to say Michael Sarnoski for Pig. I thought that was one of the best directed movies I've seen in a while. Lean, Mean, Pig Hunting Machine. I don't know. There was just that was one of those movies that you're watching it. And I was like, wow, this is kind of like a masterclass in directing. Uh, So I'm very surprised. I mean, it's Nick Cage and, you know, it's called Pig and whatever. That might kind of put off a lot of Academy voters. But I just thought it was like a really, really, really well-crafted film.
1: And to be clear, when we say snobs, we're meaning ones that we would have liked to see nominated, not ones that we necessarily expected based on buzz. Because I know I don't really follow the buzz that much, so I'm not even aware of like, oh, this one was being talked about and this one wasn't getting any buzz. So don't come at us in the comments and be like, well, no one even said, there was never even in contention. We don't care. We're talking about ones we think deserved it. Doesn't matter how the Academy likes to vote. So we're going to move on to the writing categories now and start with the award for Best Original Screenplay. For this, the nominees are Belfast, again, written by Kenneth Branagh. We've, we've talked about this at length now. I'm going to move on to the next one. Don't Look Up by Adam McKay. And the story was by Adam McKay and David Sirota. This, I can see it more than the Best Picture, I guess. But I still don't think it's an Oscar-nominated movie for this any of the stuff, really, to be honest. I don't see it as being good enough,
0: and and besides, a lot of it was like improvised anyway. Like so, you can't. You're not giving it best original screenplay for the dialogue. You're giving it best original screenplay for the like, uh, like for the concept and the pacing, which the concept is fine, pacing is not very good. Um, Yeah, if this wins, I'll be very surprised.
1: Yeah. So there you go. We aren't that high on the oscar hopes of winning for don't look up but like we both said not hating on the film we think it's perfectly fine gardner enjoys it a little bit more than i do but just not maybe of the caliber that we think oscar-nominated films need to be and there's definitely in my opinion better choices out there so next up is king richard obviously we haven't seen it i do think it's interesting that an original screenplay can be about someone's life i I would have thought that that would have had to been adapted almost
0: that's a good point. I'm not quite sure what the like strictures around adaptation are, right? Because you're adapting someone's life story for a film and, you know, you're fictionalizing it. So I guess it's like original in that sense, but you're going to be changing details. Like when they adapted the screenplay for Dune, they changed a lot of stuff and well, not a lot of stuff, but they, they move stuff around and, and they deleted things and stuff. Like, does that make it original? No, it's still an adaptation. I'm with you that's a little confusing. I don't I don't know all the the bylaws and everything of how the the academy sorts this stuff out, but that's weird.
1: Just a little note but we'll move on to the next one which is licorice pizza. And this is the one that I think will get him his Oscar, hopefully. I think he's going to get it for this and I think it would be deserving. I believe he is the favorite by just a small margin. I'll let you guys know at the very end when we finish up this category, but I think it's a good chance he wins. It's definitely, I mean, the screenplay is there for sure. It's it's well written, I'll tell you that much. So that's all I can really say. I think that this one might might win. And you haven't seen it, Carter, so we'll move on to the next one.
0: I haven't seen I can't. I can't speak on it.
1: Right. So the next one is The Worst Person in the World, written by Eskil Volt and Joachim Trier. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing those names wrong. I'm doing my best here. But We haven't seen this either, so we're going to move on. I do want to say I didn't mention before, King Richard is written by Zach Balin. So I want to give him a shout out for the script, even if we haven't seen it. So we can't say if it's deserving. But the odds are minus 125 is the favorite for Licorice Pizza. Then we have Belfast at plus 150. Don't Look Up at plus 700. King Richard at plus 1500. And The Worst Person in the World at plus 2000. So it looks like it's pretty much between Licorice Pizza and Belfast. I'm hoping for Licorice Pizza for sure. That means it's time for Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees for this are Coda, which was written by Sian Header. Again, apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. I think that the screenplay is probably a big aspect in what makes this film work. So, I mean, the performances are really killer. And that's, I think, what takes it over the edge. And we'll get to that later, for sure. But definitely, I, I can see this being in contention for winning, for sure.
0: I really want to read this screenplay because I need to know how they were communicating to the director, like how to make particular scenes visually interesting. Uh, Because obviously you have movement because they're talking with their hands. Like a lot of of the dialogue between the deaf characters um, is what I'm referring to specifically. I imagine that must've been kind of daunting going into it. It's like, okay, how do we make this so that hearing people want to watch it and are like staying engaged in these conversations and like you said Duncan a massive chunk of that is the performances but of course nothing is filmed that isn't first written so I want to read this one and see what the action lines look like on the page because every scene is just almost every scene is like enraptured. so they definitely did a fantastic job
1: totally next up is drive my car screenplay by Raisuke Hamaguchi, and Takamasa Oe. Again, apologies if I mispronounced that. We haven't seen it, but congratulations on the nomination. Again, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think it's doing some more rounds in theaters now, so that's good. Next up is Dune, screenplay by John Spates and Denis Villeneuve, and Eric Roth. I'm excited this was nominated. I think, again, this has potential to maybe win, but there is one that we're going to mention later on that is, again, an odds-on favorite, so we will... Talk about that but i would love to see dune win for this i think like you said it's an achievement in adaptation so it would be really cool for it to get the award for it because people have talked about how it's like unadaptable for so long and it's definitely adaptable we've, we've seen it now and maybe that has to do with technology advancing for sure but i think he did what he did because he's a great storyteller and i think that that has to do with the adaptation of the screenplay so yeah good job on this i would love to see it win
0: and convincing the studio to let him do it in two parts also. Like, like if you watch uh Lynch's Dune, it's it's a fun mess, but it's absolutely a mess. And the there's pacing issues, and the last third of the book happens in like the last 15 minutes. It's it's insane. And this for like I think this really matches the tone of the book well, which is a slow burn. Like I always tell people when they are like, maybe I'll read Dune. I'm like, okay, just get through the first. 150 pages, you know, and then you'll be into it. And they're always like, damn, 150 pages. That's a commitment. And yeah, it is. Uh, So to take something that is like as unwieldy as that novel is and successfully adapt it into like a pretty universally praised film is definitely an outstanding achievement.
1: Yeah, and I do want to note on talking about David Lynch's dude that I do enjoy it for what it is. And people have noted that you can't stand up for it because even David Lynch has disavowed it. And I want to st- let everyone know that what he did was he, he used the Alan Smithy name for the TV releases of it because they cut out certain aspects of it. He did not disavow the movie by like using the Alan Smithy on the actual film. He That's for the, the TV cut of it, just so we're all aware. So I think I can stand up for it. And like you've
0: mentioned on the podcast before, Duncan, or maybe these were unreleased episodes, but the death of the artist, like once it's out there, like he doesn't have ownership of it anymore. And he can disavow it or dislike it, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. You know, that doesn't mean that you're wrong for liking it.
1: Totally. Exactly. Next up is The Lost Daughter, which was written by Maggie Gyllenhaal. I haven't seen this film, so I can't comment on it. And neither has Gardner. So congratulations to Maggie Gyllenhaal on that nomination next up is The Power of the Dog written by Jane Campion and well deserving for sure um I hope I don't sound bored of The Power of the Go- Dog but it's just they're the odds on favorite for pretty much everything so and I have some ones that I like better than it so it's like it's taking awards away from movies that I like so I'm not I'm not hating on it it's just that I would like to see a different film win some awards I think I don't want to see a sweep is my, is my opinion. And that's not taking away from Jane Campion at all. I think it's a great film and she's a tremendous filmmaker. I just would be more interested if like we got something like a Dune winning or a West Side Story winning something I think would be interesting or even a drive by car winning. I would be really interested in that. And that's just my thoughts. on I don't want to say anything bad about Jane Campion or the movie. I I think it's a great movie and I think she did a great job and I would like it to win something. But I don't know if a sweep is what I'm looking for in the Oscars.
0: I'm with you. I don't like sweeps. Unless it's like truly a once in a lifetime film. And I guess pe- pe- and people are hyperbolic and they say every year, oh, this is a once in a lifetime kind of movie. I don't really think so. I think, you know, that cheapens what makes something like a really like tremendous movie to like really earn a sweep. I don't know. Maybe I just like to spread the love. I just don't think it's, it's as interesting to watch. Like you're going to tune out of the Oscars if you see the same movie win like three
1: or four in a row. You're like, all right, well, this one's getting everything. It's just, yeah, I'm with you. It's just not interesting. And maybe deserved, so if it's deserved, then they'll win, and, or not, because that, winning it doesn't mean it's deserved always, so. No.
0: Well, we could talk about that. That could be a whole other episode.
1: <laughs> I know, right? So, quickly, the favorites for this are Power of the Dog is minus 400, Coda at plus 700, Lost Daughter at plus 800, Drive My Car at plus 1,000, and Dune at plus 1,200. I didn't realize Dune was that low on the list, so. Hey, it's not going to win, apparently, but, again, if you want to get some value in there, to win $1,200, not bad. So we're gonna wrap it up with the acting categories. And first up is actor in a supporting role for which the nominees are. Kieran Hins for Belfast. Again, I love this movie. I think he was deserving of this nomination. I have a pick that I much prefer. Moving on to the next one, it's Troy Koetzer from CODA. This is my pick, I love him. I thought he was phenomenal in this. I didn't know who the nominations were when I saw the film. And I was like, he better be nominated. And he was. And I was very excited. And I think it will be, this is an interesting pick, right? If he wins this award, I would be very happy with it. He's deserving of it for sure. And it's like, it's not the power of the dog, which is winning all the awards, right? It's not J.K. Simmons who's got one before. It's something more interesting, I think, in in his performance. And it's a performance that you're not going to see that often. So I like when the Oscars give credit to those kind of performances like uh, like a child actor who really blows everyone away or something like this performance where it's like you don't get to see people using sign language like that in a lot of films and definitely not to the extent that it's used in this film and definitely not a performance that is almost completely sign language i mean it is really i mean it's, his expressions are obviously a big 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 factor in it so it's not only through language i guess but also body language and expressions But his performance blows me out of the water. And again, just would be a really interesting pick, in my opinion, and a well-deserved pick. So I I didn't see any performance that I thought was better than this throughout the year.
0: I didn't either. The only other um, movie I've seen where people are nominated from this list is Power of the Dog. And I thought Troy Kotzer's performance was just so much better, so much more expressive, so much more emotive, so much more engaging. Um, I mean, he really was emotionally vulnerable throughout this entire movie. And it was just a joy to watch. I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen Coda yet, but like in particular, the scene on the back of the truck. Uh, I mean, I uh, that shit got me man like that. Uh, I was about to tear up, man. He was fan-fucking-tastic. Give this man the Oscar, please.
1: Yeah, it feels like every year there's a pick that I have that I, I go in, all in on. It was Brad Pitt when he was in Once Upon a Time. Got that one. Under my belt. And this year, it's definitely Troy Coetzer. I want him to win. And that's the one I care about. In general, I don't get bummed out about the Oscars or really that focused on it. But I do like to see people like PTA or other directors that I would like win. And so that's why I'm rooting for him in that category. But there's performances that come across that I'm like, okay, this needs to win. And I'll, I'll have more faith in the Oscars if it does win. And I do think, I feel like he's got a good chance. So we'll see. Hopefully he does. It was just special.
0: It was just a special performance. I haven't really ever seen anything else like it. And I think it deserves recognition for that alone.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Next up is Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog. We have said that it's not his best performance. I don't think it's not anything bad about it, but it certainly I don't think is an Oscar nomination. But it's in a great movie and that's why. And you see that a lot with the Oscars where they they nominate them. Interesting, though, how they'll do that for The Power of the Dog. But not a movie like Parasite or Drive My Car. I wonder what the difference is. Hmm. Really tough, Duncan. No one will ever figure that out. We'll have to get some, a team of experts to try to figure out what's going on there. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of it one day. Yeah, one day. But anyway, no knock on Jesse Plemons. I just don't think this was the award performance for him.
0: I don't think it's his fault. I just think it's not that interesting of a character. And like, uh, he plays it well, but it's just not. Like, he does the best that he can with what he's given in that character. It's just, he's, like, probably the least interesting character in the movie.
1: Yeah, and we'll get to the other two performances, but the heart of the film is is a relationship between two people. And he's not one of those two people. So, And obviously there's important factors, such as, like, other characters, like Kirsten Dunst. She plays a big role in it, for sure. And Jesse Plumman's character doesn't not play a role in it. He does. But it's definitely not what the film is about. It's not his character. So it's just interesting to me that this is one gets nominated. I don't think it's deserving. We'll actually move on to the next one, which I also think is interesting. And it's what I was saying before, where they have their guys. J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. I love J.K. Simmons. I love him. He's amazing. And I love that he does like 10 films a year and just pops in. I don't know. I'm exaggerating there, but I think he did eight in 2021. 20, yeah, so he does a lot of films. And top to bottom, he can do... Comedy, you can do serious, you can do everything, it's amazing. So, I love him. This one, though, I didn't like this movie at all, being the Ricardos, and I didn't think that it was like an Oscar worthy performance from him.
0: Haven't seen it, I love JK, but
1: you know, I don't know. I think there's probably some better ones you can find out there, and I will try to think of some in the end when we do snubs, but I don't know how long that portion will be because for me, it's going to be tough to think of who I would nominate because. That's not my job. That's the Oscars job, dude. They should get it right. They should just figure it out. You know what I mean? I shouldn't have to figure it out for them. So with that being said, we're going to move on to the last nominee of Best Supporting Actor, which is Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Gardner, you mentioned this. You thought he was really good in it. I could tell that it was like a performance when he was doing it. And I think I don't like something about... I just couldn't get that behind it. I don't know. I've also I've seen some people say that it wasn't the best performance by him. And I would like to just hop on that bandwagon because I'm a hater. Have you have you seen anything else he's done? I recognize him. I couldn't tell you what he's in. But yeah, I recognize him. He's got a look. He does. He's got a unique look. So he's like he's he's someone that you like. You're like, oh, I've definitely seen this guy before.
0: Yeah, that malnourished Victorian child. I'd recognize him anywhere. I thought he did a good job. I, I see what you're saying about it being a little too um, an acting right now kind of performance. I, I, it really didn't bother me when I was watching the movie, though, because that movie is so melodramatic. I thought it, like, fit the tone.
1: Yeah, I'm totally being a hater. I'm, I'm acknowledging that. I'm being a hater, and I'm, I'm jumping on the hater bandwagon. But I got, I got to take a point of view here. I'm taking the point of view of Power of the Dog. You can't win all the awards. Do not give it to Cody Smith-McPhee. Definitely don't give it to Jesse Plemons. Give it to my boy Troy. Let's do this. Let's all shake hands in agreement and say that was the best performance of the year. And move on to the Academy Award for Actress in a Supporting Role. But before that, quick teaser, we got to do the Betty Gods for Best Supporting Actor, which I haven't even looked at yet. So I'm excited to see if Troy's number one. God damn it. Cody Smith-McPhee, minus 200. Troy. Plus two fifty, Kieran. Plus seven hundred, Plemons. Plus twelve hundred, J.K. Plus twenty five hundred. Plus two fifty, dude.
0: Oh, okay. I figured, dude. I mean, he's still got better odds than like the rest of them, but yeah, I figured. I like the Oscars loves that shit, dude. The I'm acting right now, like it's always like uh, uh when when someone thinks of like an Oscar moment from an actor, they're either like yelling or crying, right? So it, it makes sense that like a I'm I'm performing right now kind of performance would be what the Oscars gravitates towards.
1: I'm saying it right now, that's my best bet. Troy Coetzer plus two fifty. You want to get a little money right there. You got plus odds, throw a little on that one. So like I said, next up is Actress in a supporting role, for which the nominees are Jesse Buckley for the Lost Daughter. I haven't seen this film, have you? No so we will move on to the next one she's great though she's she's been great in everything i've seen her in so kudos to her next is ariana DeBose for west side story i think people are saying this is a great performance and really deserving of it so absolutely congratulations on that but like we've said before we haven't seen this film yet judy dench for belfast this is another one of they've got their guys i think dame judy dench is definitely one of their guys and that's what they're getting here Again, I feel like this is like she was in Belfast, which is nominated for a bunch of shit. Let's give her the actor nomination because she's someone that is an amazing actor. So congratulations to her. I think she's great. But would I give it to her for this? Absolutely not. Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog. I think this one definitely does not deserve to be nominated. I don't understand this one. I don't think it's bad. I don't think she's bad. I don't want to sound like a hater on everyone here. But I don't. I don't see this. Again, this is like, okay, this award is going to go to someone or be nominated the the nomination is going to go to people who are in the films that were nominated so that's fine again I'd love to have seen Parasite or Drive My Car get that kind of love but we'll move on from that I'm not going to belabor the point there the last nomination is for Anjanae Ellis for King Richard we haven't seen this film I'm sure it was a great performance congratulations to them we missed a couple of these, so this was a little bit of a quicker segment, unfortunately, but we are going to go move on to the betting odds. We have Debose at the favorite with minus 250, Dunst is at number two with plus 250, Ellis with plus 1,000, Dench at plus 2,000, and Buckley at plus 2,200. Interesting. I'm surprised by some of these. That Dunst is so high, I wouldn't have guessed that she would be the number two and that the number three would be plus 1,000. So they're basically saying the number three is not happening.
0: That's very surprising. I'm, I'm really shocked that Dunst is getting this much love. I mean, she's not number one pick, but like still, I didn't think it was like, I, I have seen
1: better performances from her. I'll say that. And if you want to do a favorite, I would say, because this one's not too crazy. It's only minus 250. I think she's probably going to win this. Ariana DeBose. So that's where I would go with this one. But other than that, we are going to move on to Best Actor in a Leading Role. For this, the nominees are Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. I've already said I'm, I'm definitely a hater on this movie, and I don't think he should have been nominated for this, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. We'll move on from that. I know, Gardner, you haven't seen that either.
0: I do love Javier Bardem, though. He's great. I mean, he was good in Dune. He's been good in some other stuff I've seen him in. I haven't seen that movie, though, so I can't speak to it.
1: He's great. I, I'm a hater of biopics in general, but I just don't think this one should have been nominated.
0: Okay, this is interesting. You say biopic. I've always said biopic because, right? Because I figured it was a biographical picture.
1: I'm curious. Oh, I don't know. I'm probably saying it wrong. That's probably what it is. No, no, no. But I've, I, no, no, no.
0: There's, there's like two schools of thought. Like I've heard people say biopic before. And I was just curious if, like, if you had like a, it's like the GIF versus GIF thing. Like if there's a reason you were saying that or that's just what you say.
1: That's just what I heard when I was younger. I think probably the first time I heard it said was, was that way. And I just kept saying it that way. Um, I'm definitely, not gonna dig my heels in on that one. I will dig my heels in on GIF, even if the creator, same, want to talk about death of the author. Like, definitely, fuck you. It's not GIF, it's GIF. You don't get to tell me that. And I saw a video recently. I'm definitely sick of this debate, but it stands for, I don't know exactly what it stands for, but the word itself, it's like graphical
0: image file or something like that.
1: It's definitely, it's like graphic or graphical, it's something like that. And so, it's not graphical, So I think that's an easy, uh, whoever made that argument.
0: It's, it's graphics interchange format. Yeah, I'm with you.
1: Right. So where's the gif coming from there? And it just doesn't make any sense. We already have gif, don't we? Isn't that a peanut butter?
0: Yeah, and it's spelled with a J. Yeah.
1: Because that makes sense, right?
0: Yeah, it does. I believe it's jogging. I mean, people are always going to come at you with like giraffe.
1: But that's fine because that's the, how that word is not, it's not being shortened. If it was graphic. Instead of graphic, I'd be fine with you you using GIF. Preach. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into it, but... <laughs> yeah, just a little sidebar. Yeah, I don't I don't like the whole GIF nonsense. It's, uh, it's, it's annoying to me. So, I saw I did see that video, and shout out to the guy who made that argument in it, because it's the best one I've heard. Definitely GIF. Next up is Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. And I thought he was going to win this, for sure. I thought that he would be the odds-on favorite. He's not. We'll get to the odds-on favorite. I will say as a little teaser, if you want, again, a little bit of plus odds, sprinkle some money on Benedict Cumberbatch right now maybe because I think he definitely has a shot for sure. And the performance was great. I think it was great. But here's my thing about it. And maybe this is actually a positive in my opinion and not a negative. But for me, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is always that great. Like I didn't see this performance as being any better or worse than his other performances. And because of that, I was kind of surprised and not like, annoyed or anything or disagreeing with but i was surprised that it got so much love because i'm like well if you love this so much shouldn't you like everything else he does because i don't think he's any better in this than he ever is i feel like he's always at this level and maybe i'm wrong on that
0: people love british actors doing american accents (laughs) that might be what it comes down to i don't know i'm with you i think benedict cumberbatch has always been a great actor i was very surprised uh when when dave said in our top five episode he was like this is the best performance I've seen out of Benedict Cumberbatch I didn't know he could be that good I was like bro like I've always thought Benedict Cumberbatch was that good so yeah I mean yeah I think he deserves it I think he deserves the nom again this that's the only movie from this category that I have seen so I can't speak to the others I've heard really really great buds about Denzel so maybe he'll take it I don't know
1: yeah and this is the award I would give it to if I, Other than, like, Best Picture, Best Director, this would be the acting award I would actually give it to if I was going to give it one. So that's my comments on it.
0: Power of the Dog,
1: you mean? Power of the Dog, yes. I would give Benedict Cumberbatch the award and not Dunst or Smith-McPhee or Plummins. But yeah, so next up is Andrew Garfield for... Spoilers! <laughs> for Tick-Tick-Boom, <laughs> yeah okay i'm just kidding i'm just kidding andrew garfield for tick tick boom which i haven't seen it's not up my alley i'm not a big musical or biopic guy so just didn't want to see it i've heard good things but then i've also heard it's like for a specific age group and i'm not in that age group just because i didn't experience that kind of stuff it might not be as interesting for me so good on people who like it and good for him for getting the award i think he's a great actor i just recently found out he's british which is always fun when you get a new one I think what's cool about this role
0: is that he like never sang before filming it. Like he like, uh, I might be getting a little bit of this wrong, but like he was not a singer and he basically like, from what I've heard, he like sings the whole movie and does a really good job. So I think people might be really impressed by that aspect of it. Again, haven't seen it. So I'm just throwing that out into the ether.
1: Yeah. I didn't know that that's interesting and props to him for that. It's definitely hard to do. I mean, it's hard to do anything acting wise and doing stuff that you're not comfortable with or haven't done before, great. And then getting nominated for an Oscar, even better. So definitely congratulations to Andrew Garfield. I'll have to check it out because it's not fair for me to judge a movie by its cover. Next up is Will Smith. He is the odds-on favorite for King Richard. And Will Smith has not won the award for Best Actor, if I'm mista- not mistaken. He's only been nominated, I believe. So this could be the one that gets him it, I think, potentially.
0: This could be like his, his Leo for The Revenant. Moment exactly. It's like maybe not his best
1: performance ever, but he's like overdue. Exactly. Although I haven't seen the movie, so maybe it is. I've seen some clips that like he's probably phenomenal in it. He's a great actor, so he probably does a great job. But it is probably a little bit like The Revenant. Although here's my thing: is I'm a hater of The Revenant, so I don't think it's probably as bad as I think The Revenant was. I don't think The Revenant's an awful movie or, or anything. I just don't see how the performance is the one that gets in the Oscar. And I did not. I wasn't that into it, so. That's, that's my opinion on it is I think that from my standpoint, I'm hoping that the Will Smith performance is actually better than, than what I think the revenue performance is. So last up is Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. This movie is, is amazing. I mean, it's just done phenomenally. And we keep referencing this episode because it was our top five episode where we went over a lot of these films, but the episode with Dave, the second episode with Dave, we went over our top five. He had the tragedy of Macbeth as his number five. And he talked about how Denzel and Francis McDormand were trusted to kind of carry the film. And because of that, it whether or not it worked, kind of rested on their performances, and it did work. And there's obviously other aspects of this film that are definitely why it works, like the Black and White has done phenomenally, but the performance is, is amazing. And he's won before though, so that's part of why I'm thinking they might go to Will Smith, but definitely deserving of the nomination. I don't think there's any issue with him being nominated being here. I love Denzel. So I'm excited to watch this one. And all of these nominees have been nominated before as well. Just a note.
0: What was Andrew Garfield previously nominated for? Hacksaw Ridge. Ah, okay. Gotcha. I did not see that movie.
1: Neither did I. I the the premise really annoys me, but I'm not going to get into that. The favorites is Will Smith. I said at minus 300, then we have Benedict Cumberbatch at plus 300. Like I said, good odds there. I like that. I like the value there. Andrew Garfield comes in next at plus 600. Denzel's actually plus 2500. So if you have someone who takes small bets, you know, 10 to win 250, maybe. Javier Bardem, then you have is plus 3500. And that's it. I don't think he's going to win. So I wouldn't wouldn't put any money on Javier Bardem at plus 3500. So there you go. Our last category is actress in a leading role. And for that, the nominees are Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I haven't seen this. I did see some clips where she seems to be doing a good job.
0: I thought she was great in the film. I thought she was really, really um, like she was tremendous. I can't really say I've seen a lot of like Jessica Chastain movies. Like I couldn't really tell you. Like, like I know I have. I just could like nothing like jumps to mind. But she like is Tammy Faye, and uh, I just really, really enjoyed this movie. Especially growing up around people who have like actually known some of these televangelists. Like I've actually my mom was telling me that when I was like five or six, I met pat robertson who is a a pretty prominent character in this movie which i did not remember i was very surprised but that aside jessica chastain was really great in this and i haven't seen uh any of these other films so i can't speak to them or you know say that it was any better i just will say it was a really really solid performance
1: next up is olivia coleman for the lost daughter which neither of us have seen so we're gonna skip this but she's great
0: but it's olivia coleman so come on she's great yeah
1: she's great she's great yeah And I saw some clips of it, and she's great. Next up is Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, which she's obviously getting a lot of buzz for that computer scene. People are saying that's going to be the Oscar video that they use. We obviously discussed this on our Top 5 episode. It was someone's number one, and I saw it after that because I was so intrigued by the way it was being discussed on our episode, and I loved it. She's probably not going to win this, unfortunately, but she's a long shot. Again, if you want to throw a little bit on her, we'll get to that at the end, but yeah. We'll move on to the next one which is Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos I uh like I said I am a hater of this movie so I don't want her to win finally we have Kristen Stewart for Spencer and I love this film I love Kristen Stewart I am a big Homer on this one because I am like a big fan of her so I wanted it to be amazing before I saw it and I kind of was blown away by it especially certain scenes I think there's scenes with her kids that are phenomenal there is definitely a scene that is gonna blow you away with a necklace, so stuff like that. I think it's great. It's definitely a little bit of a slow burn at points. It's got an interesting look to it. I was, I love the film, and it's because of her performance. It's, it's very much about her, and uh, I really hope she wins this one. If, if I, if I'm pulling for Troy, I'm pulling for her second. She's my, she's my number two. I really want to win. Pick
0: sweet. I need to get around to seeing it. I've been such a slouch with these movies. I feel like I've said I haven't seen it. Like. 40 times this episode but you know when you live in the middle of nowhere that's what you got to deal with
1: it's all good it happens you've seen what you can so let's look at the betting odds which has nicole kidman at number one for plus 120 kristen stewart at number two at plus 225 olivia coleman next at plus 300 then jessica chastain at plus 550 and penelope cruz at plus 1500 so like i said a little bit of a long shot there Maybe worth it. I think that at plus 225, Stewart's a good bet. I really like that one, um, along with Troy and Benedict Cumberbatch, if you want those. A little bit of a long shot, but not too crazy. Nothing like the plus 1500, plus 2500, where it's like, is that even possible? Why is it, am I just throwing money away? I like those plus 200 to plus 300 range with Benedict Cumberbatch, the Kristen Stewart, and like I said, Troy cuts are Definitely all worth it, I think. So look at those ones, maybe. And that does wrap up our acting categories, which does wrap up our episode and our recap of the Oscars. I was going to quickly go through just the nominees for some of the other awards that I wanted to mention that we don't have time to get to, but are important as well. And I don't want to say that we only care about directing, editing, um, directing best picture and acting, but also things like cinematography and editing and sound. So I'm going to leave, leave those at the end right now. The nominees for sound are Belfast, Denise Yard, Simon Chase. James Mather, and Niv Adiri. Dune Mac Ruth, Mark Mangini, Theo Green, Doug Hemphill, and Ron Bartlett. No Time to Die, Simon Hayes, Oliver Tarney, James Harrison, Paul Massey, and Mark Taylor. The Power of the Dog, Richard Flynn, Robert McKenzie, and Tara Webb. West Side Story, Todd A. Maitland, Gary Rydstrom, Brian Chumney, Andy Nelson, and Sean Murphy. The nominees for Cinematography are Dune, Greg Frazier, Nightmare Alley, Dan Louston, The Power of the Dog, Ari Wegner, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Bruno Dalbanel, West Side Story, Janus Kaminski. The nominees for editing are Don't Look Up, Hank Corwin, Dune, Joe Walker, King Richard, Pamela Martin, The Power of the Dog, Peter Skiburas, and Tick Tick Boom, Miran Kirstein, and Andrew Weisblum. My apologies if I got any of those names wrong. Again, I'm doing my best. The one thing it's interesting to note is that don't look up to get a nominee for editing, which you were kind of talking about earlier, Gardner.
0: I really like McKay's editing style. I don't think that's the problem in that movie. And I know some people hate it. Like, it's definitely like like I said in the beginning, you either love it or you hate it. And I love the, the meta commentary in the fourth wall breaking and um, just how like bombastic uh, his movies are. I think that's the best word I can explain like his style. Like it's very in your face and uh, just works for me. And it, it must've been an absolute nightmare to edit uh, the way that he shoots his movies. So uh, major props to those editors.
1: All right, so that does mean it's time for our snubs. I don't think this is going to run too long. I haven't really thought too much up because there's only one that really matters, in my opinion. And how'd they leave him out? How'd they do our boy like this? Simon Rex, Red Rocket. I know he wasn't getting the buzz and there was kind of the writing was on the wall. We knew it wasn't going to happen. But come on, man. He definitely was deserving of at least a nomination. I mean, BS. And that's where I was kind of talking about when you, when you start giving nominations to, like, the best picture has to get everyone in the acting nominations, you're starting to lose out on some really great performances. And I think Red Rocket also was deserving of a best picture nomination, even though it wasn't getting buzzed. And I'm not saying that, like I said before, I'm, I'm not an idiot and saying that I thought, oh, well, where's Red Rocket on this list? I know it wasn't getting any buzz and it wasn't going to be on the list. I was aware of that before. But what I think should be on this list is Red Rocket. So, The man literally bared
0: it all for his art and you wouldn't even give him a nom I'm with you I thought that was just a phenomenal performance Uh, the way he makes Mikey like so charismatic and almost sympathetic but at the same time like a huge piece of shit that you don't like is like really not an easy thing to do as an actor and uh, I thought he knocked it out of the park I'm trying to think of other snubs I mentioned pig earlier I don't know. I liked the card counter, but I can see why it wasn't really nominated for anything. Paul Schrader's like personal politics aside, uh, it just felt like very like reminiscent of Taxi Driver in a lot of ways. Um, what else have I got here? Oh yeah, Godzilla versus Kong. Come on, no plan. Last duel, no noms. That's surprising. Screenplay for Damon Affleck and oh, I forgot her name. I'm so bad with with names of crew, but the the woman who helped write it, and um, I mean Ridley Scott as director. I know that I mean he's like one of the Academy's dudes. You'd think they'd throw him in there, but apparently not.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Going off that, we have Matrix Four didn't get nominated for best visual effects as well, and we had things like I would have loved to see, and I know again no buzz for these, but I would love to see the Green Knight in the French package. Some love,
0: Nicole. Oh, God, I don't know how to pronounce this. Hol- Halofciner? Halofciner. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she wrote The Last Duel with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck.
1: And I think a lot of buzz for *Titan*, not for the Oscar, but for just being a great film. So, again, that was not on our list for the top five. It was in there, but it was not nominated. So one that could have could have gotten a nomination, I think. Other than that, I think that probably wraps up our snubs. Sorry that we didn't have too much there. I was too hyper focused on Red Rocket, dude, Simon Rex. And this is what I was saying, dude. When you have five guys who've always already got the nomination and they're not maybe some of them can be dropped off, it's like, what does it do for someone's career when you know you get nominated for an Oscar? A lot. So I think Simon Rex was definitely deserving. So I was a little hung up on that one.
0: I have a feeling that this is one of those movies that like industry people are gonna have a lot of buzz about and be like, oh, that got snubbed. And people are going to see Simon Rex's performance and just realize how talented he is because he's been overlooked for a long time. I mean, he was the scary movie guy. So to see him come out with with that performance, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see him pop up more and more in the future. At least I, at least that's what I hope.
1: Right. And it's been mentioned that the buzz around his snub will actually get him the same kind of help in the industry. So you're completely right on that.
0: Can I give a quick shout out to uh, this? I wouldn't really count it as a 2021 movie. Uh, Ray Fisher in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Fuck you, Joss Whedon. Ray Fisher is not a bad actor. I really, really liked Cyborg in Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I'm excited that Ray Fisher is going to get some more work in Rebel Moon with Zack Snyder. You know, I obviously he wasn't going to be nominated. That's just, That's not a snub. That's just a a quick shout out to Ray Fisher.
1: Good shit. I like it. So that does wrap up this bonus mini-sode. We know we did miss some categories and we apologize, but we didn't want this episode to run too long. Don't forget to check back in with us once the Oscar winners have been announced because we'll definitely be doing a bonus episode on that as well. That'll be out in a few weeks. Since that is the end of the show, it's time to thank our listeners. We appreciate you guys and please keep the love coming. As always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. At Good Data Pod, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're listening now, you already know where to find us, but you can always find us by searching the letters G, D, T anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please leave a five star review. Next week, we have another bonus episode, but we can't tell you what that's going to be yet. It will we'll be releasing either Wednesday or Thursday, though, so look out for that. In the meantime, check out our regular full length episode releasing on Friday. Our full length episodes are dropping every Friday, and they usually have a guest. Oftentimes, we interview independent filmmakers. Tomorrow, we are discussing the Australian short film Call Connect with special guest, film critic Andrew F. Pierce. Like I said earlier, Call Connect is available on YouTube, so be sure to check that out before Friday's episode, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank
0: you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. And hey, reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know what your snubs were, what your predictions are for what you think is going to win. We love to hear from you. Take care. See you next time.